You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Today, Chris and I are discussing what I love about leading my small group. Listen and see if you resonate with any of these thoughts. You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Well, Chris, this is an anniversary episode for us. It is. It's a big one. Yes, three years. Wow. (laughs) I've got tickled at myself. This is not in the script, not that we have much of a script, (laughs) but I was just thinking it's also the three-year anniversary of the start of COVID because you did. Yeah, we were, we, the first year we were trying to not mention that word, you know, COVID or pandemic or any of that, but coronavirus. Yes. So we are actually starting season four and this should be episode one, but Chris and I kind of love to keep up with uh, how many total episodes. So um, we're going to call this season four, episode 80. I love it. 80 is also a milestone. So. It's a big number. Yeah. So it's hard to believe it's been that many episodes. Love that. And I have a goal for season four. Baseball season just kicked off and we're not going to talk baseball. Okay. Okay. You know? So, you know, we, we really got heavy into that. And there's some people out there that don't love baseball. All right. Let's try so, it. So, okay. See how far we're getting. So we're not going to mention the Braves being in first place or any of that. Or that there were 17 games today. <laughs> 17 17 on schedule man it's crazy right all right we're talking okay. about baseball yes we're not anymore <laughs> so keep listening to the end this is an anniversary episode and at the end you will find out about a giveaway that Ooh-hoo. we're gonna do we've never done that before that's fun so this is good so can, can i partake in the giveaway no, oh. uh, employees don't qualify. <laughs> and I knew as soon as I said the word employee, you're going to go, Wait I don't minute. remember receiving even one check for this. Nah. But um, no I, t- I told Chris before we got started, he's got a new job. Uh, I do. And I, uh, he's over some of the communications and that type of thing. And I, I looked at him and I said, hey, this podcast helped you get that job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Yes. We'll, we'll just count on that. So. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah uh, just. Who do you work for? Sure. Yeah. So I started a new uh, job as the technology director for Lifeline Children's Services um, about three weeks ago, and I'm just delighted to be uh, a part of that ministry. Uh, it's, a, it's been wonderful. And the cool thing is he could probably walk to work if he had to? Literally can walk to work. It used to be funny that I could walk to church. Now I can walk to work also. <laughs> Man, um, you don't even have to leave Brook Island Parkway for anything, do you? I, to be honest, I the first week uh, I didn't. And I told Wendy um, when I got home when I said, I feel no. I told my small group, I said, guys, I, f- I feel like I haven't gone anywhere. I don't even know what's going on in the world because I haven't hit two eighty yep. one time. Hey, and, that is a blessing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, all right, Chris. Before we get to any of our uh, scripted ideas, uh, we have a script. Yeah, like I asked you earlier, why do you love leading your small group? Oh man, um, the biggest thing for me. And I know we have some things we'll talk about tonight, but the biggest thing for me is just being able to dive into the word together. Mm-hmm regularly not not occasionally not sometimes but just being able to regularly dive in dig into the word um and just 
I don't want to say pick it apart, but just read it verse by verse, yeah. word by word, and hold each other accountable, you mm-hmm. know, on on what does it mean here? What does it say this? And just to realize together, this is what the Lord is saying with right. this verse or this passage. Right. Well, that's cool. Well, I jotted down six reasons. And by the way, we're going to do a fun episode next time. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what we We just see. lost all of our listeners. Yes, <laughs> They're uh, going to wait till the next episode. <laughs> yeah. It, what frustrates me about leading my small group is going to be the next episode, but we're going to be all positive this that's time. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Frustrating in a loving way. Yes, in a loving way, yes. yes. But uh, the first reason I wrote is people. Uh, I love people, and I love seeing people grow in their relationships with others. And, um, you know, First Timothy, I'm sorry, First Thessalonians 5.11 says encourage one another. And that's what happens in, in small group. We, we build those relationships, and we get close to people. And the gospel and encouragement can travel across those relationships. And so it's just so cool. Um, you know, I love people. I love relating to people and small groups are just such an encouragement to me. I gotta be honest. I love eating with people. (laughs) (laughs) So, but no, like just, you were in a life stage, you know, we, all of us have kids. And so just watching the different milestones, the different life experiences happen, getting to do that together is really incredible. And to be able to be a part of something where we're studying the word, we're praying for one another, we're pouring into one another, we're building each other up. Mm -hmm. Um, and, we're all going to fall on our face as parents. And so to realize that we're not falling alone is a wonderful thing. Yes. Yes. So seriously, uh, back to the food thing, does your Wednesday night group eat or occasionally, occasionally, not enough, not enough, yeah. you know? Um, but that's, uh, I mean, everybody's coming in after dinner, so it's kind of hard. It's usually a snack. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of times where we bring in food and we just cool. We pig out. Yeah. The group <laughs> I'm in on Sunday nights, we, uh, we eat most See, every that- week. You have an advantage, like you actually have a mealtime yes. group, so yeah. that's fun. Yeah, we have, have built-in time, and you know, Sunday night, when you're off campus and don't have childcare to worry about, it's a lot easier. So I bet. Yep. All right. Uh, second reason that I love leading a small group, I just feel like it's something I was designed to do, and God gives me great joy when I do what he made me to do. And, you know, I just picture, um, I heard a song one time, I had a friend growing up who was actually writing some music before he was uh, even out of high school. And he wrote this song about uh, something like, you know, if, if, if we were a car and we live according to the maker's manual, then we're going we're gonna to run well and be happy, you know, oh, something, yeah. something to that. Might be corny, but, I mean, it stuck with me all these years, decades <laughs> literally later. And, um, you know, we just need to realize that when we fulfill – what God's designed us to do, He gives us great joy. Um, you know, in this these past few years, I've I've really gotten better at memorizing Scripture. And my wife had a Scripture written on a little uh, little board that she keeps near the kitchen sink. And so um, sometimes I do the dishes after dinner, and I thought I'm just going to memorize her verses too. And so uh, there was one Psalm four seven it says, "You give me greater joy." than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. And I thought, God does give us joy. And, and I was trying to think about that theme. And, you know, another verse I love, Psalm sixteen eleven. you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. So when we follow Christ and fulfill the design he has for us, it gives us great joy. Mm, that's so good. I can't add anything to that. I really, <laughs> I mean, like it's... 
That's really good. All right. We'll move on then. <laughs> uh, this really, uh, my number three was your number one, Chris. Yeah. I, I, well, no, actually, well, a little bit sort different of. spin. Yeah. What I put was I love being forced to dig deeper in God's word when I'm preparing to lead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a real pain because none of us has extra time floating around that we sit around <laughs> and go, what am I going to do with this hour? You know, right. once we start adulting, uh, life comes at us. You mm-hmm. know, and so we have to really carve out that time. But uh, when I do, there's just so many cool things, you know, that come. And God blesses us when we have to really dig into his word. And I wanted to just make this statement. I wrote this down. I'm lazy without the teaching responsibility. Yeah. You know, it's so easy not to dig. Sometimes we'll just read scripture. We'll have a question. I'll look that up one day. (laughs) You know, but when you're studying a passage to to teach or lead your group, uh, you need to know what it means. You know, you do. You do. So you have to dig out the commentaries. Yeah. I'll expand, expound on that. Expand. Yeah. Expand. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, nothing. So, Two great things. Consuming God's word, great thing. Teaching God's word, great thing. Two totally different things. Uh, when you get to unpack a passage, when you have to teach it, mm-hmm. you get the joy of actually diving into those different things. Like I remember recently we were talking about um, John 1. The end of John 1, uh, Jesus is picking his disciples, right? So you got Philip and Nathaniel, you got Andrew and Simon, or Peter, who becomes Peter. Um, and you have moments there in the very beginning of that passage where Andrew and another disciple or another follower or followers of John the Baptist, right? And um, John the Baptist basically says, look, there's the Lamb of God. And the next passage says, so they followed him. Hmm. And unpacking that, you realize they literally followed him. They like kept walking behind him yeah. until he got to where he was going. And he tur- and Jesus turns around and says, hey, can I help you? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. But being able to like physically unpack the follow me or following of him at that moment is just fun. And when you get to do that with a group and teach that in those ways, otherwise you would just read past that and just keep going and go, oh, that's cool. There's the disciples. There's the beginning, you know, and yeah. um, it's just fun to do that. That's cool. I fessed up to my group that I was really uh, a Bible geography nerd. Oh, yeah. Just really getting into the places. But uh, I found a blessing through that a few weeks ago. We were We were studying Titus who got left on the island of Crete by Paul, you know, to minister there. And um, so having taught that, I knew that Titus was from Antioch. And Pastor Matt was was preaching a week after I taught that. And he was talking about uh, the folks that had been persecuted in Jerusalem and other places. And they went out and wound up in Antioch. But the group in Antioch was preaching to the disciples, I mean, to the Gentiles. and Titus was a Gentile. And I go, dude, look at that. (laughs) I bet you right here is telling us when Titus got saved. Yeah. You know, and so it was just neat, you know, and had I not been a geography nerd, you know, I I wouldn't have, wouldn't have really studied and learned that. And I don't know, it was just a blessing to, to see some of those neat things when things come together. Oh, in in reference of time, but I wanted to throw this out there too. So in that same passage that I was referring to in John one, there's a statement there where it says, and another disciple or another follower follow Jesus. Um, and then later on in that passage, when they get to the place where Jesus was staying for the night, there's a statement. It was about four in the afternoon. Hmm. And we unpack that. And basically you can infer that the unmen- unnamed other follower of Jesus at, the, at that time, the new disciple was John, the hmm. author 
Yes. Because who else would write at four in the afternoon? How would he know that? That's right. Because he was there. Yes. Otherwise, he wouldn't write that. He would say it was the afternoon. Let me guess. Jesus loved that other disciple. He did. <laughs> Much more than anybody else. Yeah, he refers to, you know, he, he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. So right. that's pretty cool. All right. My next reason is um, I really love disciple making and small groups offer us a great design for disciple making. And, and really some of the things we've been talking about already, just studying the word together. And one of the things I really love to do is just to issue a challenge at the end of each small group. And hey, based on what we've studied what is God calling you to change in your life? Because, uh, you know, like Romans 2, my, my Sunday night group looked into Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2 this uh, past week, you know, and it talks about us being transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we aren't to study God's Word and just stay the same. Mm. You know, we need to take God's Word and let it change us, let it transform us. And so disciple-making is just such a uh, – just fits with small groups like Hand in Glove. Mm, definitely. Okay, the next is um, kind of related, but it's a joy to see God work in people's lives and to see people grow. And, uh, you know, in, in uh, my small group this past Sunday morning, uh, there was a guy that actually referenced a challenge I'd given about six months ago, and uh, he was just talking about what he had done with that challenge and how it was really meaningful to him. And um, I don't know, it's just really neat to see when uh, God's at work in people's lives and, and you got to be a part of it, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so God uses people, Chris, I, I sometimes just don't understand why something so important, God uses such frail individuals as us uh, yeah. to, be, uh, okay. to be a part of. That's a, a neat way of looking at it. I mean, how, how fragile our own hearts are towards sin. Yeah. But yeah, we, you know, we, small group leaders can be so encouraging to others in that mm-hmm. way. You know, you, you look at, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the life stages that uh, that my group is a part of, and I, there are multiple families that I can I can think back on that are a part of our group that we love very dearly. I've watched them be a nervous wreck about certain things, you know, mm-hmm. that they were experiencing at that time. This is years ago. And then I see new families come in, become a part of our overall family, and they're going through serious stuff. And those same families that were nervous wreck about something minor compared to this— are the same ones that are encouraging mm-hmm. and checking in and being you know, being present. And it's such a joy to watch that transformation. Nothing I'm doing, but it's just a, a community of people together that love Jesus and study his word um, and then just grow and lean on him. Like that's right. the goal is for all of us to lean on him in everything we do. And um, just being able to watch that growth mm-hmm. is, is I mean, it's like watching your children grow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. And the last one uh, that I had was uh, I grow myself. And one of the parts of that is I have to grow to lead others. And I mentioned earlier I love giving a challenge at the end of, of each lesson for people and either asking them, hey, what's God calling you to do? Or sometimes I'll, if the scripture is just really obvious, I'll, I'll go ahead and give a challenge to people. But I've got to be willing to do those things yeah. that I challenge them with. And let's just think about one example or two examples. Like if I'm not a generous person financially, I can't challenge my group Absolutely. with integrity to do that. If I'm not willing to speak a word for Jesus Christ and to be a witness for him verbally, I cannot challenge my group to do that with integrity. And so um, really that that's some – kind of unspoken accountability for us as leaders is that we've got to grow. And one of the things um, 
I think is so important is to realize that it's not likely that our people are going to grow to more maturity than we are. And so that, that just challenges us to follow Christ fully, you know, don't, Mm. don't live with sin in your life, you know, uh, be clean before him and be all that God's called you to be. And that way we can be more of an example to our leaders. You know, it's kind of like Paul, uh, first Corinthians 11, one follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I mean, we don't want to say that to people. It, it sounds like, you know, we're a superhero or whatever, but God calls us to be an example to people. Uh, you know, James 3.1 talks about leaders will be judged more strictly, you know, and so we need to step into that, lean into that, not be afraid of that. Uh, we don't want to brag about that, but we need to uh, be ahead of where our people are spiritually mm. in order to challenge them to grow. Yeah. I was recently teaching First Timothy 3, um, in particular, the, the section on, on elders and church leadership. And um, I, Pastor Dennis, a while back, gave a great lesson on things that um, men can be doing if they feel like they, well, I really don't even say it this way, but if there's a desire for church leadership in their future, mm-hmm. um, these are sort of things they need to check off and make sure that they are doing in their daily life. That is just a normal practice. And it got to the part, there was one section where, um, it discusses sharing the word with others. And my challenge for, for the guys that I, were, I was teaching um, was to think back on a situation where they could have shared the word in a gentle way uh, based on a situation, and they just didn't mm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I thought the only way I could really give that challenge was to give examples. And so I ended up with like 50 examples of times that I failed to do oh, that. Yeah. And it was, it was such a great accountability moment for me to go, wow, I'm really terrible at this actually, you know? And so it is encouraged me to say, guys, I'm a prime example of somebody who's not doing this and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a, it's a wonderful way to see the Lord working in me personally right. as I'm trying to lead others. And so without being a hypocrite and saying, go do this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause I'm not doing it. Um, along lines with the financial things you're mentioning. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just wonderful to, to see that growth in others, but also to feel yourself be changed in the same way. Yes. One thing I wanted to make sure our leaders really realize is that sometimes, well, no, that the word sometimes doesn't fit. We cannot be all that God has called us to be until we step into more maturity in Christ. Because, And a lot of that involves other people and our influence on other people. Sometimes we want to live Christianity just within ourselves. It's just me and God, my daily devotion, me Mm. being pure and holy myself and not really get into worrying about other people. But God's called us to that. He's called us to be light and called us to be a witness. And, um, you know, just for my own self, Chris, this is not something that that we really teach here at Brook Hills, but I was looking one time trying to figure out some levels of spiritual growth and uh, I came up with, with G's, uh, you know, we gather in worship, we get in a group for encouragement, we grow, uh, we give, and that's not just financially, but give by serving yeah, uh, time. We yeah. go, you know, we go and share and we guide. So those are the, the G's gather group, grow, give, go and guide. If you wanted to use some other words into those six levels, it would be something like worship group, grow, serve, share, and disciple. And if you look at those, the first three, they're kind of just, we can stay within ourselves and do that. You know, 
we can go to a worship service and just be quiet and not just consume, you know, you just consume. Yeah. We can go in a group and kind of do the same thing, you know, um, and we can grow, you know, our reading the Bible, praying, those kind of things. It's within ourselves. But the last three, you know, when we start serving, we're stepping out in leadership and we're giving God more opportunity to grow us. Uh, definitely. Man, when we start sharing the gospel and, and, uh, building relationships with people in mm. order to be evangelistic, we're stretching ourselves, you know, and, yeah. and God does some things in our lives when we get there. And then certainly if we're disciple making and, and such, it, it's kind of back to that same thing we're talking about as, as being a leader, we've got to be ahead of where they are. And so we've got to stay ahead and lead. And so, um, I just encourage our leaders, let's, um, let's be mature, but let's lead our people to be mature because, um, when they get outside of themselves into the, some of those other levels, that's something that's really important, really being external with the gospel and not just within ourselves. Mm, that's so good. All right. Here's the challenge. Um, <laughs> I want to challenge you leaders to just revisit your why. Why do you do what you do? Why do you lead? And so I hope you've really resonated with some of these reasons that we talked about today. And uh, I hope that you get the same kind of joy that Chris and I get from leading a group. So here we go. If you will email us your why, there we go. Tell us, tell us the top one of these reasons, or maybe your own, of why you lead a small group. Then we will draw three of those names, and you will get a free Great Groups T-shirt. I love it. All right. That's so, a good content. Good giveaway. That's good. Yeah. So, um, Chris, do you know what our email address is for the podcast? There's one that goes to both of us. Uh, <laughs> Here's what to do. Go to greatgroups.org. Go to greatgroups.org and click the contact us. I think it's greatgroupspodcast at gmail.com. So, <laughs> anyway, but you can go to the um, – the, the website, greatgroups.org, and contact us there, and we will have a drawing of three of you that send that. So, all right. Greatgroupspodcast at gmail.com. I got it. I got <laughs> oh, you it. Great groups, you said I that. I said that. Greatgroupspodcast at Sorry, gmail. Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Chris was panicking, pulling up his computer to see what it was. So that's good. So anyway, we want to say this. Thanks for listening today. Uh, we hope you catch all the episodes of the Great Groups Podcast. And the best way to do that is to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. By doing that, each time we drop one, magically, boom, it appears magically. in your podcast app. And you'll be able to listen. So Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Well, that's all for this episode of The Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of Great Groups make disciples.